down in the den. So go tell a friend. The best podcast on earth is about to begin. We got jokes and news and movie reviews. After Dark NC-17 with the crew. Interviews with the best artists around. So like, comment, subscribe. The show's starting right now. Let's go. Like, comment, subscribe. The show's starting right now. Sophia V and make sure to like, comment and subscribe down in the den. Say I'm grateful for not anything but everything. Welcome to Down in the Den, the best platform on Al Gore's internet. Today, joining me is a singer, songwriter and a warrior of love, the incredible Teja Kerr. Teja, Hello, y'all. welcome to the den. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Greetings and thank you for having me. Greetings and salutations. It's a pleasure to have you here. So, number one, we're, we're doing something a little bit different. In honor of her phenomenal release, we're going to do seven questions. Yes. And I think that's fitting because the album is named Seven. So, before we even begin and we dig into that, it's always a tradition here on The Den. Everyone knows that your boy Mars is a huge nerd, and, I, and I'm proud of that. I wear my nerd hat proudly. And one thing that's consistent in every comic book, every Marvel movie, every hero has an origin story, something that really triggered something in them to put them on their path. What is your origin story? How did you discover your passion for creating? That's a good question. I've always been creative ever since I could remember I've I've always been in tune with music. I have a uh, Baptist background. Uh, my father also uh, put me in hula hula classes and in martial arts and the two of those though um, we wouldn't think both of those uh, activities or all three of those activities create a lot of spirituality. So I feel as a child, I've always been rooted in my spirituality. Uh, I've always sang. I've, I've always had the ability to use my voice to create a melody. It wasn't until I moved out of the home and moved far, far away from everybody that I um begin to find myself. So when I moved to New York City, I started modeling. That created a lot of confidence within my within myself, my presence. Then um, moving to LA has really taught me how to uh, reroute myself and connect more with the divine. And within that uh, release and surrender, I feel my childhood dream of music kind of just rebirthed itself. So now I'm here living my childhood fantasies very happily. Yes. I hope that answered. <laughs> no, that's a phenomenal answer. It almost brought a little tear to my eye. Welcome to Down and Den. As always, it's your boy Mars, and welcome to the number one podcast that highlights the superstars in the game before superstardom. In today's episode, I am so proud to introduce you to an artist who not too long ago got... I got to see do his thing live in person. And I was so impressed. We exchanged information. And I said, I got to get you a quick, fast invite to all of the friends in the dens to introduce you to this gentleman. And, and guys, this gentleman, he does it. It's in his name, but he really does it for real. This artist released 
an album last year called Kevin Love Janet, a true masterpiece dedicated to his parents. I love that shit. And he has been all over America perfecting his craft. And he's 100% about to bring it to us here in the den today with a special, special little performance. So we're breaking the chains of this people. He's making everyone proud. Den, I am proud to present to you, Reggie, do that. Reggie, how you doing today, brother? Oh, man, I'm blessed, man. I'm counting all my blessings, man. Peace That's and blessings. I'm happy to be here, man. Well, Thanks I'm happy to me. have you, man. I'm, I'm happy to have you. I'm happy uh, to welcome to you, welcome you into the fraternity of the den mates and just really get to know, let the audience know about you because your art is dope, man. Um, for those who don't know, uh, there was a weekend performance in Philadelphia uh, where some of our good friends of the den, uh, hip hop group education, had an album release party and Reggie performed at that party and he tore the house down. Everyone in the house was in awe. He's phenomenal. And I said, let me find out about this guy. And I listened to his music, super dope. And uh, so number one, let's let's talk about it. How's 22 been treating you so far? Oh man, um, good. I, I can't complain. Uh, you know, I had a, had a little break, surgery, couple pins, but you know, like I told you before, I'm fighting through the pain like I'm Wolverine. So Hell you know, yeah, that, I'm still yeah. doing my thing. Hell yeah, that's not gonna stop you. Perfect, perfect. You add mania, man. You you know I'm a Marvel fan. You're I'm a Marvel fan, so I dig the reference for sure. Speaking of Marvel. One thing that's a tradition here in the den, I'm a big nerd and every hero has an origin story. And I consider creatives like yourself, true heroes. So what's your origin story? Where did you discover your passion for creating this incredible art? How did you fall in love with making music? Oh man, oh, it's gotta be my dad. You know, he played all types of music all day, every day through the house. Absolutely. everything now was he in a band or was he just like just that was just his passion no, or... i think he was just a hip-hop head like he just loved music gotcha. you know it's like it's like music is like it's like my love language you know what i mean like absolutely but... no that, i mean that's the whole reason we do the show i think all of the fans here it's a universal language man it's just a vibe that translates it can change mood uh music I don't think there's anything more important in this world. It, it, it's truly, I call music God's voice because that's what it is. And, and we're just interpreting, we're just vessels. Now, welcome to Down in the Den. It's your boy, Mars. And welcome to the best platform for creatives and artists all across the globe. And sharing their story with us to the Friends of the Den, I have an amazing hard rock band from right here on my side of the town, the DMV. Welcome, crashing. Atlas, guys, thank you. How are you doing? Welcome to the den. Good, Good. Thank you. What's up? Thanks for having us, man. Awesome, awesome. You're more than welcome, and thank you so much for carving out some time. Before we even get into it, how has 22 been treating you? I've been watching you guys progress, you've been doing your thing. How's 22 been treating you? The best year, yeah, a lot better than 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere to go but up. I don't even have to know about 2020 to say. You're absolutely right. <laughs> so we begin every single interview the same. We always do our origin story to see where you guys started. Before we do that, 
please, let's go down the lane. Tell everyone your names and introduce yourself. Hey, guys. I'm Dougie. My name is Marina. I sing. I'm Nick. I play guitar. I'm Paul, and I play drums. Awesome, awesome. So let's get right into it. I'm a big geek. I'm a, you know, you can probably tell from the background and, you know, just my general face. I'm a big geek. I love superheroes, comic books. And one thing that's always in every single superhero, every villain, every superhero, they all have their origin story. So what's your origin story? How do you guys come together as a unit? Come together. I think that's up to Doug to tell that story. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. So all of us have, uh, we, we came from different bands within the DMV. Uh, Crash Analysts uh, started in uh, late 2016, and uh, we just kind of formed between different groups throughout the area. And uh, the funny thing is, um, so before Marina joined the band, uh, her old band opened up for Crashing Atlas's EP release show. And then Nick and Paul played in a band that I previously she played it so in. they 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 basically replaced me in the band and so we, we're somewhat yeah. of like a super group in some ways we don't have any superpowers and no uh, superpowers no but superpowers like yet. definitely just like a big like hey I, I think we think we're like uh, the most trustworthy, the best of the area. So and and like any superhero, you, you you combine sugar spice, everything nice, and you oh, get yeah. us. You know, you get the Powerpuff Girls. The Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> so, so let me correct you. Rocking out is a superpower. Oh, most yeah. definitely, oh, yeah. there's a couple of Avengers that can do that. So that's awesome. You're like the Rock Avengers. I love that. I love that. I like that. I want to be Captain America. Can I be the Iron Man? Sure, why not? You know, he didn't end up so well. I was gonna yeah. say Paul's Hawkeye. <laughs> I was like a Thor with this hairdo, you know? Yeah, Paul looks like he shoots arrows. How Hawkeye got his invite to that whole thing. You're like, hey, I'm an archer. You're like, oh, okay. No, if anything, <laughs> Doug is Iron Man and I'm Black Widow, so yeah. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm the biggest philanthropist out of the band, obviously. So. <laughs> Paul yeah. shoots you have the red hair, you have the red hair, so there you go. Welcome to Down in the Den. It's your boy Mars, and welcome back to another stellar episode. We are back again, bringing you the best artists and talent in the entertainment industry, and we are on season two. Thank you so much for checking out and making this program what it is today. But if you don't know who I'm speaking with today, the brother I'm about to introduce you to, let me give you a little bit of insight, a little bit of information. He is a singer a songwriter, a producer, and I don't use this word lightly, but a visionary. This man has more talent in his pinky finger than a large percentage of the music industry have in their entire bodies. He had an incredible breakthrough in 2021, and the world is going to be his oyster in 2022, one of the pillars of the Austin, Texas music scene, and one of the most dynamic artists we've had to date. Welcome, Sam Houston of Black Odyssey. Brother, how are you doing today? I'm blessed, man. How you doing? Man, it, it couldn't be any better. It couldn't be any better. I'm starting 2022 talking with a future icon, so I'm stoked. I'm stoked. Much love, brother. Absolutely. So it's a tradition here on The Den. Everyone knows I'm a big nerd. I'm a big comic book fan. Every Marvel movie, every DC movie, I'm there in the seat. And one thing that is consistent, all heroes have an origin story. And I know you have a very interesting one. Tell the Denmates how you have morphed into Black Odyssey. Give us a little bit of insight on how that happened. What's your origin story? Yeah, man. Well, um, 
you know, I started music um, at a very young age because I grew up in a town where black culture and black music was just super prevalent and it was super very, like engraved in everyday life. Um, so I grew up in Plainfield, New Jersey. That's where Parliament Funkadelic uh, was founded and uh, where that band came up. So uh, soul music and funk and psychedelia was something that just came very honest to my childhood. And I, uh, I grew up on that style of music, which, you know, obviously led to uh, a life at this point of just exploring different genres and exploring different styles of music and trying to morph them into a particular and distinct sound. So, um, yeah, man, I, I, I grew up in Plainfield and, uh, you know, I even had the privilege to grow up around some of the younger family members of the parliament family that was also doing music. And we sort of saw ourselves as, you know, the next generation of, so we, carry that on our shoulders and always try to be innovative with the sound that we put out. Always try to be very fresh and new, just like, you know, our predecessors were. So, um, yeah, I did that and we all went to music school coming up and kind of spent a lot of time sharpening each other uh, and, and just diving into different kinds of music and doing shows and house party shows and different things of that sort and block parties and just kind of like, trying to keep the music culture in that city going. Uh, you know, but eventually I, I felt like I was kind of outgrowing the, the, the setting and that I wanted to, you know, do something a little bit different. So in 2015, I up and moved to Austin, Texas, where I am now. And, uh, you know, I uh, started to dive into the rock roots a little bit more. Uh, started to dive into some of the more classics that I wasn't exposed to where I, where I grew up. Because pr primarily, you know, if we knew rock music, it was, it was maggot brain kind of rock music. It wasn't like Led Zeppelin and, and, and you know, all that other stuff. So I wasn't exposed to that until I graduated high school. So, you know, um, I had pretty much a hip hop foundation and, and a psychedelic like rock foundation, which is something weird, you know, but thank God, because it's kind of what shaped the sound that we have um anyway yeah I moved to Austin and um I began to cut my teeth out here playing live shows um it's where I linked up with uh one of my closest collaborators for the last six years who's a guitar player in my band and like a best friend to me Alejandro who's uh really the only other member of Black Odyssey and he comes up with guitar parts and uh you know he's kind of just always been there uh so yeah, we, we, we started playing shows and, you know, had trouble finding sound for the first couple of years um, until, you know, me and him took a trip back to Plainfield where I grew up and he was like just submerged in the culture for a week or so. And, you know, then we came back and kind of figured out like, oh, that's right. You know, that's how music is natural to me and that's how it feels. And he really had a deep appreciation for how that music felt and the grooves and like, you know, he got a taste of like what rock could feel like if it had, you know, church players playing behind it and, and people that were more um, experienced in like soul music. So we, 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 we took that trip 
And then we came back to Austin and things just started to change for us. We had a different perspective on like music. Um, and we, we just started to grow as a live band, but we still hadn't released any any albums and we were in a funky management situation um, that just didn't really like help us hone in on what we needed to be honing in on. So, you know, we struggled up until like 2020, right about when we when the pandemic came around and, um, you know, we were, we were starting to bubble up a little bit as like this whole like rock sort of thing. And we were starting to gain some notoriety. We had got some touring done around the country. And um, yeah, I mean, that, that seemed to have been working decently well. It was still a struggle, but it seemed to be working decently well. Um, and right when we were getting ready to start, you know, moving on that, the pandemic hit and everything just shut down. So in that time, I really had just a lot of time to spend with myself and like re rethinking where I was going and the reasons I was going in that direction. And that's when the whole Black Odyssey takeover started to formulate because I started to notice that a lot of my intentions when coming to Austin was to fit in rather than stand out. Um, you see people like the Black Pumas and you see people like Gary Clark Jr. And you, you, you look at that and say, well, that's the mode that's like, working out of Austin and there's not a lot of soul music and a lot, a lot of hip hop that's working out of here. And my, my biggest goal was to just be successful in the music industry under any circumstance. So um, I started to like, kind of like water down my blackness, if you will. And uh, like try to just fit in with what seemed to have been working here. Um, even as far as to call myself like a different name, like, so when we got on this interview um, and 99% and of people know me as Sam Houston, but my actual name is Juwan. And, uh, you know, like I, 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 I came to the city and I felt like I needed to just do what it took to win this crowd over. And it took up into the pandemic to, for me to like start to re-embrace like all the things that made me who I am as a musician and what grew me musically. So yeah, the pandemic really like just stopped me in my tracks and like begged the question, like, what are you really doing? And where are you going? And, you know, how does this relate to the things that pushed you to do music in the first place? And I, I looked at the, the music that I've been working on and it didn't push me to, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a part of my, the fire under my ass. So um, I pretty much dropped everything I did and uh started a whole new thing and yeah that's where the black odyssey thing formulated that's where the black vintage records started to formulate um i really dove back into the things that moved me first which is parliament funkadelic outcast biggie kendrick um d'angelo and those sort of you know vibes and yeah man i came out on the other end with what I had deemed to be the best work I had done to date. So yeah, that's a bit of my origin story. I am so glad you went through the journey and, and even though the pandemic sucks, so much mm. creativity has come out of that pandemic. Cause I certainly hear uh, P-Funk, I certainly hear Stevie, I hear Sly, I hear okay. Mar Marvin, I hear growls of mm -hmm. DMX, I hear the desperation of Tupac. And it's a sound that's just 
merged into this beautiful flower. So I, I am so thankful that. So shout out to Alejandro, shout out to Jersey, shout out to yeah. Funk because without those resources, I don't think we would have uh, the wonderful work that you provided us. So that, that's, that's Welcome to Down in the Den. It's your boy, Mars, and welcome back to the home for the most dynamic creatives and talents all over the entertainment industry. And joining me today, I have an extremely talented artist hailing from Seattle, Washington. She is a classically trained vocalist, and her smooth jazz smoky vocals are so nice. And she's super unique, so I am super stoked. I am super happy to bring all the friends of the den the ultra talented M Ritz. How are you doing today, sister? I'm doing so well, and I'm so happy to be here with you today. <laughs> Fantastic. It is a pleasure. Uh, my producer brought your uh, music to me, and I was like, dude, we have to get her on immediately. This is fantastic, and I I'm just so happy to have you here. So one thing that we do here is consistent in the den. I'm a bit of a nerd, you know, the, the, don't let the, hey, cool, don't let the <laughs> cool beard fool you. I, I'm a bit of a nerd. And one <laughs> thing that I noticed in every comic book I grew up, everyone had an origin story, either that it came from a planet or got bit by a spider. It was something that transformed them, something that made them who they are. So I asked to you today, what's your origin story? How did you get bit by the music book? Yeah, well, I didn't get bit by a spider, but yeah, I definitely got bit by the music bug. I feel like I came out of the womb singing. Um, I, I, Seattle's great, but it's not like New York. It's not like LA where there's a lot of opportunity, a lot of people around. And so, um, you know, I sing in school choirs. I was always trying to have the solos. And um, one of my choir directors recommended I take voice lessons and I started training in classical and jazz, uh, did select choirs. Um, I went through phases. At one point I wanted to be a rock star, then I wanted to be a jazz singer, and then I wanted to be an opera singer. And uh, I went to college, a small private school in Eastern Washington with a vocal scholarship. I was planning on singing opera. And um, I also have a very big nerdy side of me with history and philosophy and politics. So I was in the library all the time reading, you know, history books, philosophy books. And I was like, ah, maybe, you know, I'm going to change the world by becoming a history professor. <laughs> and so um, I ended up getting my, I switched majors. I ended up getting my master's degree in history. And I always continued, like I maintained my vocal scholarship with singing, you know, voice lessons, choirs like that. I sang in a funk band in college. Um, when I went to grad school, I sang with a local blues band in North Carolina. You know, I always kept my foot in the music world because like, it was just so part of who I am. But um, uh, it, it was interesting. I was in between trying to figure out if I wanted to get a PhD or not because I wasn't sure after my master's degree if I really wanted to be you know, in the academic bubble. So um, I had moved out to New York. Uh, and at the time I was engaged, I moved out to here for my then fiance. Um, it, it was not a good match, great guy, just it wasn't right and ended that. And then I was out in New York on my own. You know, I'm not from here. Um, I was trying to figure out what I was doing. And then I always wrote poetry growing up, but um, I was like, you know what? <laughs> I, was, I was inspired. 
I was inspired by just like the the glamour of the New York nightlife and things like that and um you know heartbreak with dating and whatever out here and uh so I uh I started you know songwriting and I got a keyboard and um and I had a friend of mine who was also into music from college and she she really helped encourage me and then I was just kind of running around here in New York trying to figure out something with no you know backgrounds no community here I would go to open mics and sing like jazz you know um I wanted to sing pop but people always complimented my jazz singing so I went to open mics and people were like great so where can I hear your music and I was like well yeah about that <laughs> so um that's that's what really motivated me to try to figure out who I could work with and start from there and um long story short I ended up uh meeting Cortex with Holland Jungle uh I actually went to his recording studio um with a rapper at the time to sing a hook for the rapper song. And then unfortunately the rapper never released the song, but at least I got to meet Cortex and, uh, and Holly and Jungle. And um, he's been unbelievably like supportive and just in my corner, helping me uh, develop as an artist, helping me feel empowered and learn that, you know, I have vision and I should be, you know, sticking with my vision. So, um, yeah, so that's where that started. I, I moved to, back to Seattle before the pandemic. Um, I, had a, I had a job in the diamond business and I got really into diamonds and diamond history and the industry. And, uh, but I still loved music and I, it just like really influenced the way I was thinking about how I was developing my style. And I was like, all right, going really jazzy, really flashy diamonds kind of stuff. Um, and trying to evolve like, you know, a jazzy pop kind of style. So I'm back out in New York and about to release music that uh, Cortex and I have been working really hard on, um, you know, with other people we've worked with. So really excited about where we are today. I'm super excited to hear that project. Shout out to Cortex, the whole Holland Jungle education, Johnny Raps game. We've had a lot of, uh, of the team on the show. So uh, shout out to Cortex doing big Welcome to Down in the Den. It's your boy Mars, and we are back with another amazing episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the best podcast on the World Wide Web for creatives all over the map. And today I have a stellar production duo all the way from the West Side. You and I know it's the best side. Gentlemen, please state your names individually and then your names as a unit. Let the friends of the Den know who I'm talking to today. Individually, my name is Timothy Wynn. Um, Damian Penner. And we are the Wildlife. Wildlife, and it's an awesome <laughs> acronym. Tell the people what that acronym stands for. So it's uh, the W's for white, A's for Asian, H's for Hispanic, and B's for black. And pretty much started as like uh, anti-racial. We were kind of getting hated on because we're a lot of different ethnicities when we were growing up and kids. So... We started our own little clique that was like no clique whatsoever. Every mm -hmm. diversity, we're really about like including any type of uh, race or pronoun, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Just all about love and good vibes. So that's where it came from when we were little kids, and mm -hmm. we kept on it all into the music. Yep, I love it, man. It shows in that that diversity, that melting pot. It shows in your sounds shows in your energy and I love it. It's something that we definitely need. So I appreciate you guys for stopping 
here on the den and sharing with the friends of the den your story. So we begin every episode with the same damn question. I'm a big comic book nerd. I grew up learning how to read via comic books, Batman, Spider-Man, you name it. That's my thing. And one thing that I've noticed with every hero, every villain, every anti-hero, everyone has an origin story, something that triggered them into that direction and formed them into what they are today. So tell me, tell the friends of the den, what's your guys' origin story? How did you come together and form together like Voltron? Tell us the story. <laughs> well, to piggyback off of Damien's uh, story, that we're just kids having fun. You know, music came later in life. Where we we loved rock music, so we formed the band called Engaged Armada. I played the drums. I was a guitar and transitioned into vocalist, which was more of screaming. <laughs> but it was pretty much a hardcore band. <laughs> yeah, it was mosh pits and everything. We we're going crazy. Hey, uh, that's great energy, though. Uh, trust me, a few times I've ripped a couple of vocal cords. Oh, I love it. Bro. That's where all the energy comes from. And, yeah, we played a lot of live shows in L.A., um, but once our band, like, a lot of people started going to college, we, we were, we, unfortunately, we broke up, uh, and we took a little break from music, and then uh, Tim, maybe, like, five, six years later, hit me up. He was like, yo, I need help. Like, you got really good taste in music. Can you help me, like, DJ? I was like, yeah, for sure. And so we pulled up. He had like his turntables, started mixing. And then we we're like, yo, let's make mixes. Uh, started dropping a couple of those on SoundCloud. And after that, once we heard that people were like producing from their houses, we're like, yo, we could make some of the beats that we hear right now. Let's hop on it. And we didn't even look back from there. That's where it all started. Mm-hmm. So we've been producing for about 10 years now. That's super dope. Now, did yeah. you guys, uh, a lot of the producers that uh, we speak with on the show, a lot of the artists, they kind of stumbling, you know, depending on the age, their first exposure may have been some Fruity Loops or something. Was that <laughs> you guys downloading free packs from somewhere and just kind of experimenting with oh, yeah. beats? Whatever we could find, man. We were just trying to get all, like, soak up some knowledge. Yeah, it was Garage Band first. Yeah. Started all. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Garage yeah, Band. You're taking it way back on the iPhone. Loops. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was a boogie with the hoodie and i think he said he started off all his production on garage fair so yeah. great shout out to uh, apple for giving great uh, free tools to get people started and yeah. learn their passion <laughs> welcome to down in the den it's your boy mr mars entertainment and i am in the den with one of the dopest one of the funniest and one of the most entertaining mcs out there Welcome to the den, Mr. John E. Raps. How are you doing today, King? What's up, man? How are you doing, Mars? Man, another day in paradise. I want to say thank you so much for joining me, man. I love your style. I love your swag. So I was very excited to have you here, man. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. I'm really excited to be here, too. Yes, sir. So absolutely. So it's a tradition here. I'm a huge nerd. I grew up in the 90s watching every X-Man cartoon, going to every <laughs> single Marvel movie, going yes. to every single DC movie. So it, it's become an, uh, an obsession to me. So in the okay. tradition here, I always say every hero, every villain has an origin story, something that triggered, that turned ah. them into what they are today. So ah. was it a radioactive foot bike? What was it? <laughs> What's John E. Rapp's uh, uh, radioactive rapping bug? What was your origin story? What turned you into the hero you are today? Well, I mean, it's actually, it's a pretty good story because I was, I was, uh, um, 
a stage actor. Uh, okay. Uh, did regional theater in Philadelphia for like 10 years um, before I moved to Brooklyn at the end of 2016. Um, and, you know, I had like a really rough transition. I moved out there with, you know, with a partner um, and it just didn't work out. So I found myself out on my ass. Um, I was like, you know, went from living in a condo in Bushwick with, with my partner to living with four other strangers in their early twenties in bed I'm like in my thirties, you know, and, uh, with no lock on my door or anything. And those guys didn't like me for some reason. So I was just like, I never wanted to be home. I was so depressed. Uh, I felt so fucked up. So like all, and, and I was out of a job. Right. Um, or I just I, I just started like a part time job uh, before I met my producer, Rob. But I was basically like spending my days walking around uh, Brooklyn, like like just hitting up dive bars and getting drunk and writing rhymes. Like I was just walking around writing rhymes in my head and, and trying to get drunk as, as cheap as humanly possible. And I went to this dive bar and there was me at one end of the bar. And then there was another guy at the other end of the bar and the, the, the bartender was just walking back and forth, kind of like, you know, having conver individual conversations with both of us. And then this, this dude, like this weird dude in a suit came in and uh, like plopped down in between of us. And he set this device up on, on the tape, on the, on the counter in front of him on the bar counter uh and it had like all these like readings on it and shit um and i was just gonna let it go but then he started like interjecting into our conversations and stuff he started interjecting into my conversations with the bartender and like commenting on the other guy's conversations with the bartender um and so i i was just like okay this guy's being annoying so he's kind of asking for it so i was like you know like i wasn't gonna say anything but what is that like what do you have there and he's like well if you must know I'm a ghost hunter. And I was like, ah, here we go. Time for some comedy. And I just like, I just roasted this guy. He was like, I felt a little bad for him because he was like probably somewhat on the spectrum or something. But he was like, Aren't we all. He was trying to I think we all are now. We have we have Facebook and Instagram to thank for that. Exactly. So, <laughs> but um well, speaking of which, isn't that a topic for today? Very interesting. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I'm talking to the ghost hunter. He's trying to get me to go to his ghost hunt that night and stuff. And I'm kind of, like, I'm egging him on. I'm asking him, like, sometimes serious questions, sometimes, like, really obviously stupid questions. Like, I asked him one time, like, if it was, like, you know, like, when the Ghostbusters, when they cross the streams, is that real? And he's like, no, it's a, it's a fucking movie. It's <laughs> so I was, like, getting him going. And then, like, uh, uh, people were, like, coming in from the hockey game at the Barclays. And, and so like, people were just like, kind of starting to like, listen in and it was like a little bit of like a show me roasting this guy. And eventually he left. And then the guy that was on the other side of the bar came over and started talking. He's like, yo man, like you're hilarious. What's your story? You know, that kind of thing. And we got to talk about how I act and you know, how I uh, wanted to get into voiceover. And he was like, I got a studio. I can, I can, you know, help you record your voiceover demo. And I was like, wait a minute black guy in Brooklyn with a studio. Do you do beats or anything like that? He was like, yeah, yeah, that's what, that's really what I do. And I was like, all right, can I come? And then, you know, I went to the studio that night and, um, basically it was 50 bucks an hour. Um, and 
I got blackout drunk recording and woke up the next day and I was like, fuck, because I was like, bro. <laughs> so I was like, how much do I owe you? And he was like, well, you know, we we recorded all night long, but, you know, I can I can I can, you know, cut it in half for you if you record this beat right now. And so we did another song and then I've just been like, you know, I've just been recording with Cortex ever since. So that's like the the story of how I met my producer and how I like officially became Johnny Raps. Um, I always wanted to be a rapper, but I never had the outlet. Um, and, you know, uh, Rob, a.k.a. Cortex, kind of made that, you know, possible. Welcome to Down in the Den. We're back. It's your boy, Mars, and we are back with another fantastic episode, another amazing episode. We're leveling up. Right now with me, I'm joined by a super talented, super dope artist. She's an R&B pop singer. She's a songwriter, dancer, the amazing, and I just coined that, the amazing Grace Sorison. Grace, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you, man. How has life been treating you? It's been pretty good. You know, it's been living the fast life pretty pretty as of late, um, but I like it that way, so it feels good. Absolutely. So, Grace, once again, thank you again for joining me here on The Den. The whole purpose of this show is just really to highlight artists that I believe have all the makings and abilities to really just lead this industry and make the industry their oyster, and I definitely believe you are one of those artists. And uh, for anybody that watched the show, we always begin with the same question. What is Grace's origin story? We always say all superheroes have an origin story. How true. did you get into music? How did you begin? Because you're young. So how did you begin at such a young age and, and get to where you are right now? Well, um, I grew up in a very welcoming and, I don't know, free environment. Um, I think that honestly is just because I'm the youngest daughter of two older sisters. So, you know, my parents had that time to make their strict parent mistakes and then kind of learn from those. And we're like, we're just going to let her do what she wants to an extent, very disciplined still. But um, I grew up dancing um, under the direction of my mom, actually, at the Dance Academy in Leander, Texas. And I did that. I did pretty much all styles from ballet, point, um, hip-hop, ballroom, everything up until still now. I just uh, Now I mostly do contemporary and hip-hop. Um, and as I grew up, um, my dad really introduced me to soul music, reggae music. Um, he's from Arkansas, so he kind of like has a very Southern, you know, upbringing. And so he introduced me to all like really soulful styles. And um, my mom is uh, Hispanic, so she introduced me to all types of Latin music and things like that. So I had a pretty well-rounded and pretty pretty um pretty just well-rounded um musical upbringing and while I was dancing I started realizing that I felt like something was missing a little bit like I love dancing and I love performing um and the thing that people would tell me is that I had a good stage presence or a good performance quality not necessarily the best technical dancer or the best um you know my legs weren't the highest kind of type of stuff but the one thing that I did have was that kind of genuine passion for it so when I felt that something was kind of missing um, I started realizing that I wanted to do music and that 
like if there was if they were playing a, a song that I wasn't really into in a dance class, I would just kind of immediately tap out, which I hate to say that, but that's honestly the truth. And I realized, dang, like maybe that's because I want to be making music. And then oh. I just kind of started chasing that. Now, it sounds like you had an incredible support system with your parents. And that's key. I always mm -hmm. think to developing your purpose at an early age is having a really strong support system that can give you guidance, but also give you that freedom to flourish. Welcome to Down in the Den. It's your boy Mars, and I'm back with another dope episode, and I'm stoked because we have a dope artist who's making some awesome music. Welcome to the Den, my guy, Jay Sauce. Bro, how are you doing today? Sean, my guy, so good to talk to you. No complaints. Every day I try to wake up with the most energy I can pursue, and um, I appreciate this opportunity. So excited to get rocking and rolling with you. Yes, sir. And brother, your energy is infectious. Your music <laughs> is infectious. Your lifestyle is infectious. Your no, story no, is infectious. No. So I am super stoked to have you here. As you can tell, I have a huge smile on my face. So I'm a nerd. From the background, I see you have some nerd tendencies too, which is awesome, which is awesome. And as you know, every hero and villain has an origin story. It could be a radio at the Bud Bite. It could be your parents getting shot in the alley and you become Batman or something like that. Either way, there's something that triggers that makes you who you are. So, what's your origin story? How did Jay Saucy become Jay Saucy? Absolutely. And, and you know what? I think even though this is the first question, it's one of the ones I'm most excited to answer because it is a little wild. So, I'm going to try to run you through a quick but yet efficient and detailed summary. And if you want to Brother, go- we have all the time in the world. So take as much time as you need. So I guess really where it started was, um, I would if, if I were to compare it, if you're bringing it back to a superhero, I would say it has to be the Hulk. Okay. Um, and I'm gonna tell you why. Uh, the Hulk before wasn't always the Hulk. Kind of had this Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing going, right? Uh, he was a scientist. He was a nerd. He was a, he was a passion of- science but he was always looking for something bigger and greater and it was almost an accident and the times it came out uh was when he was really angry and emotional and he couldn't quite control it yet and i feel like that is my origin story um not to get too sad or deep i'm, I'm a very happy positive guy but i lost a lot of life growing up at a young age um beginning probably in the first death that really affected me was my best friend passing away on my birthday in sixth grade. Um, and that drew a lot of anger, a lot of um, emotions, a lot of sadness, a lot of passion at the same time. And I didn't know how to express it. In sports, I would get into fights. In schools, I would get into fights. Um, and I was this smart kid, you know, so I would get good grades. And they're like, Josh, what's going on, man? Like, how can we help you? And one day, my aunt, started playing some music and I hear Michael Jackson. I hear the black eyed peas and my heart just gets, it, it finally, I don't know. It, it got warm. It got warm all of a sudden. Like I, I, I was a cold young boy and it got warm and I was like, okay, whatever this music thing is. Cause I, I feel like I didn't, I wasn't even thinking about music when I was young. And my mom told me this story two days ago. Um, she said, when I was 14, I crawled into bed I woke her up, I shook her up at 4 a.m. and I said, mom, I'm gonna be a rapper. And she's like, a rapper? Yeah, she's a Chinese mom, 
normal tiger tiger mom wants you to be very successful in anything you do and she said you know what if you want to be a rapper and that warms your heart you do it and i think ever since then that's been my origin story i've used music uh to aid me to help me to help mental you know mentally emotionally physically it's been there for me and it's kind of been my hulk and now that it's in the later stages and i can control when the hulk comes out and use it at the right moment I'm, I'm finally at peace with myself, Sean. So thank you. I know that was a long story, but oh, it's beautiful, I, I would say that is my origin story. And that's Welcome to Down in the Den. It's your boy, Mars. And today I am honored to have one of the most talented artists in the game right now. An artist who has had the most impactful 2021 and no doubt will be taking over 2022. This artist doesn't buy stocks because he is the stock. The OGs in the Bay Area have to be so proud of this young king. Welcome here in the den. None other than my guy, Russell. Brother, welcome to the den. How are you doing today? Incredible introduction. I appreciate it. I'm doing great. Honored to be here. Salute. Well, we are excited. I've been working on this for a while, and I'm so, so happy and thankful that you carved out some of your time. I know you're a busy man, so if you're ready, Let's get it. Of course, I'm always ready. Yes, sir. So a big thing, I am a artist, but I love comic books. That was my first first exposure to art was comic books, looking at uh, some of this art. And one thing that's always consistent, every villain, every hero, every anti-hero has an origin story, something that transformed them and put them uh, into the position that they are. So it's a tradition here in the den. Our first question is always the same. What is your origin story? How did you become the young poet and king that you are? Man, um, <laughs> everyone asks me this question, and it's, uh, I don't know, it's so unclear. You know, I, I, I feel like I'm, a, uh, I'm the everyday guy, you feel me? Like, I, I don't feel like the superhero. Like, I'm the regular kid who grew up listening to music all the time, and I started writing raps, you know, me and my sister used to have a boombox and used to download instrumentals and burn them to a CD and just like play them and rap over them. Um, yeah, I don't have no uh, crazy shit like a spider bit me and then I, I start having visions and shit. <laughs> oh, no, bro. The flow sounds like you might have came from Krypton. So I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know. Now, your talent is obvious. Uh, that That's something that's crystal clear, whether you're a hip-hop fan or just a music fan. And besides the quality output that you've been putting out, um, the biggest thing that I've noticed, I'm a big Kobe fan, is the work ethic. Who do you credit with installing that work ethic? Because, brother, you grind. You grind like no artist I've seen in a long, long time since, like, DMX was dropping two albums in one year. You're dropping multiple albums in one year. Who do you credit yeah. with installing that work ethic? Man, uh, myself and my pops. You know, I've uh, I've always witnessed my, witnessed my pops just work uh, relentlessly through everything he's done. Uh, constant work, constant work. You feel me? And uh, I feel like that's some shit you just kind of pick up subconsciously. And I have, uh, I just have like a unrelenting passion for music you know i can't it's not even work to me i just love to make music i love to create so i'm able to do hundreds and thousands you know without even noticing or keeping track because my heart is just there i'm by osmosis and you're absolutely right you know it's one thing that kobe said when he got to the league he realized that people didn't love it 
like he did. So they were looking at it as work. And he was like, I wouldn't rather be anywhere else in the world right now. Man, you, couldn't, you couldn't beat him. Kobe was working out four times a day. And, uh, you know, that's how I make music. When I lock in and make music, I'm making five to ten songs a session. Like, it, it's impossible for anyone to outwork me, you know, because I'm I, I'm, I'm going to do it way more, you know. And I, I apply that principle to everything I do. You know, if I want to play tennis, I'm going to go hit 10,000 balls. <laughs> you know, that that's the only way that you get to that level of skill. Absolutely. I've never seen one put in that 10,000 hour mark and not approved considerably. So Never. you're absolutely Never. right. It's all about the ground. Not possible. <laughs> yeah, no matter what you're doing, right. impossible. And that's the thing, that shit works uh, for the good and the bad. You know, if you have a negative habit that you do 10,000 times, you're going to be really good at that negative shit too, you know? So that, that applies to any section in life that you uh, do, you know, that 10,000, you're going to see the result no matter what.